This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here we go. It's hour four. G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up at 520, we'll hit the expressway, get you caught up on everything that's been breaking throughout the day in the world of sports. L.A. Live's coming up at 540. Right now, it's Eric Chiafala with his football questions. All right, so uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to discuss Micah and Tank here in this segment as well because they're just absolutely on fire. Uh, Same with Brandon Aubrey little football trivia for you but a couple of questions going into the final week of the NFL season and uh, some playoff and big picture questions here Uh, the first of which is going to be uh, we were just talking about tanking a little bit and this is going to be an obscure one but could you guys get on board with a team who has it who has already clinched the playoffs this weekend they have a chance to secure division victory and be the two-seed home field advantage throughout most of the playoffs, or if they lose, they end up having to go on the road in round one and they become a wild-card team. But they've already clinched the playoffs. This team is the Dolphins. Sunday night football, the Bills come to town. The Dolphins have already clinched the playoffs. They are as broken as any team could be, just limping and being pushed on gurneys into the playoffs. Everywhere. It's their two best pass rushers out uh, their second best corner out, safety health issues, linebacker health issues. Offensively, their two starting running backs, Mostert and Achan, both super banged up, Dang. Uh, not likely to play. Waddle is out. Uh, I mean, it is just injuries all over the place. Their offensive line is just a revolving door of injuries. They have their own version of Tyron Smith and Teron Armstead, their left tackle, one of the best in the sport when he plays, uh, but it's always a question mark whether or not he's going to play. Uh, And they're going up against the Bills. The Bills are on a heater. The Bills feel like they probably, I mean, we'll see what happens on Sunday night, but they probably need to win the game in order to just be in the playoffs. Yes. So you're playing a team who's going to have that desperation. You've already locked it in. You're going to the playoffs. If the Dolphins beat the Bills, then they will host the Bills once again in the first round of the playoffs. Or if they lose, they'll go to Kansas City. Those are the only two options for the Dolphins. If I'm, I, I think there's a legitimate case to be made that the Dolphins should just punt on this game this weekend. Tua also on the injury report, he got banged up in a huge way on his throwing shoulder over the weekend versus the Ravens. So I, I, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm already in the playoffs. I know I want to play at home, but with seven as broken one, as they are, seven and one at home. Yeah, seven and one at home, but with a full roster, they're a home dog to the Bills on Sunday night. So do you just say, hey, we'll, we'll give ourselves our, our own version of the bye week. We're going to have to go on the road for sure because we're going to lose the Bills because we're not going to play any of our guys that are question marks, including our quarterback who's throwing shoulder is now having some issues. No. Keep playing because you could be the second seed, right? You could be. Yeah, keep playing. You got to play for the possibility of, you know, if the rematch, they come back in, you know, you play. There's got to be some doubt. You beat – you beat Buffalo shorthanded at home and then make them come back, you know, I'll take my chances. You have the chance of knocking Buffalo out of the playoffs. Yeah. I think you got to take that chance because yeah. they might be the second best team in the AFC right now. Um, I know I have them top five in my power ranking. So yeah. I, I think there's enough possibility in there that I'm not totally waving the white flag. Am I giving injured guys the benefit of the doubt as far as I'm resting you instead of playing you? Yes. Um <clears throat> But I think there's guys on my team that we might just we might click today. It might be our day. Tua might go off. Yeah. A couple of big plays, a couple of turnovers. We got to take our shot at this well, while resting guys as much as possible. Yeah, one of your best players is dealing with a tragedy in his home. You know now how you now how's Tyreek Hill going to be? Yeah, and Tyreek Hill also in a walking boot in right now. In a walking now. boot right now. Yeah. He's a shell of himself. Yeah, he'll play, but he's fighting through an injury from a few weeks ago. Sure. 
I, so, I mean, it's just an injury-riddled I, team who's already clinched the I, playoffs. I need, I need Do you give yourself the bye week? I need home games. Okay. I need home games. I'm going to try. And, you know, if it, 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 at halftime, if, if halftime it's not looking like we're going to win, pull everybody. Just pull everybody at that point. But you go in. I with, go I go in and try my damnedest to win the game. You know, and if I win it, I, I think I've sent a message to Buffalo and everybody else. As banged up as we are, we've got one of the best coaches in the league. Got one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. We can overcome this, you know. Yeah, I think that sends a big message. But if you get in the first, if it turns into it's a twenty-four to nothing after the first quarter, pull everybody, just pull it and go and get ready for Kansas City. Yeah, Dolphins already lost by twenty plus points to the Bills earlier this year. Yeah, and again they are home dogs. Yeah. So uh, okay, there's question number one. Question number two: Is it insane to even ponder the idea that that the the Browns? are a team you fear more right now than even the Chiefs if you're a team that's about to face one of them in the playoffs. Do the Browns with Joe Flacco and that defense scare you more than what it is the Chiefs are doing right now, which is just fumble farting to more losses than than you thought and when they do when it's usually scraping by? You know, I'm going to say that um, in the playoffs, I think defense matters. Um, uh, I, I think Kansas City's you know, ability to figure things out will be uh, rekindled. I think at some point here in the regular season, they've kind of gone on a little bit of slump. At one point, they lost three of four. But I think Kansas City is better. It's just that they're such a disappointment because they're not as good as what they have been. But make no mistake, I you know, I think the Chiefs are still the third best team in the AFC. At worst. I think the Chiefs are completely broken. I think this is the year that, that kind of all, this is the year that they fear. They don't have the receiving core. They, if they had, if if they had to play in a home game and win in a home game, that that's no guarantee for them at all. You know, I I think they're a different team. I think Mahomes is. I think he's having to deal with a lot. They don't have receivers. They're not very good on the offensive line. You know, their their defense has had some good games. I I just I I think that's a broken team too. And the two, it's amazing the two Super Bowl teams from last year, Kansas City and Philadelphia. Both both feel very broken right now, you know, and and we're probably favored to probably repeat. Mm-hmm. But I, I I I there's no fear about playing Kansas City now, in my opinion. So so you you were a team in the playoffs in the AFC right now. You'd fear the Browns a little bit more than even Mahomes and Andy Reid. I you know you could say, it, yeah, I, I say this because I feel like though they like Cleveland's on a really good run with Joe Flacco. I mean Joe Flacco probably will turn the ball over some. But man, I mean, every time you look up, he's throwing for three hundred something yards. Couple the, of touchdowns. And the way they play defense, and I watched them in a game against San Francisco, you know, and I know San Francisco was a little beat up at the time, but man, Brock Purdy and that crew, they did a great job of defending San Francisco. You know, figured out a way to win that game. I think I think Jim Swartz is a hell of a coach, their defensive coordinator. So I, I I'm I'm buying the Browns right now. Yeah, I saw the the top two corners in the NFL with like the uh, the lowest passer rating allowed. They're both the starting corners for the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that defense really is legit right now. So I think I would still just default to being more scared of Mahomes and Andy Reid. But I do think it's actually yeah, a fair question. I, I think there's a playoff Chiefs factor here that we're going to see as well. It's it's a veteran I, team, especially Kelsey's an older player. Yeah. He is he has not been as good as he has been, but. When we get into the playoffs, he will elevate his game, and the injuries won't be as big of a factor. What, he had one catch for like 13 yards the other day? Yeah, he's, he's I mean, not I, I know I'm throwing stats at you and stuff. That team, that team is having trouble scoring. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the problem. That yeah. is the absolute. And that's, that's how they used to get you. You know, they, you'd find a way. You would punt to them. It'd be 7 nothing. Then you'd 3 and out again. Punting in now, it's 14 to nothing. I, they're, yeah. they're not capable of putting drives together. That that's their issue, and I, yeah, I, I know. if I if I'm a Holmes and his agent going into this off season, I'm going to send a very clear and loud message to the yeah. front office. We're not going to do what Andy Reid did to Donovan McNabb in the 2000s and pretend we can get it done with jobber wide receivers. Yeah. Get me at least one good one. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm not thrown to a bunch of Todd Pinkstons and <laughs> Freddie Mitchell, Freddie Mitchell, James Thrashes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, now the Bears are in. Uh, you know, really nice conundrum i would say as they are going to be the number one pick in the draft because they have the panthers pick so the bears with justin fields who was receiving chants from bears nation after the victory on sunday we want justin we want justin uh but their conundrum is what to do here you're gonna have the number one overall pick 
Do you keep it and draft a quarterback, move on from Justin Fields, uh, or do you keep Justin Fields, move on from the pick, acquire a bunch of draft picks in the meantime and build around Justin Fields? But would this would it make sense? How insane is this one? Maybe more insane than the Dolphins tanking on Sunday. Um, the Bears looking at Justin Fields as an obvious playmaker at the position with his legs and doing sort of the first ever legit two backs, two quarterback system. I'm going to draft my Caleb Williams or my Drake May at one. And then I have my running quarterback. As we talk about keeping the shelf life of these guys realistic, the running quarterback shelf life is going to be very, very small. Justin Fields has proven he can he can run with the best of them at the position. And he can, he's not just the running threat. Like, he's got some level of passing to where it's not like it's a wildcat obvious, oh, Justin Fields is in the game. He's definitely running. Uh, yeah, but he's dangerous in the passing game. Yeah. Dangerous a, enough. Yeah. yeah. With with that rushing attack to be yeah. like, dude, let, let's let's try to let's try to do something new. Let's be the forward thinkers here in Chicago for the first time in the history Man, of I our love organization. I, I'm highly cynical that an NFL team would try it, but I love it. You know, I want two good young quarterbacks. One could get hurt. I want to run another one who's probably going to get hurt. I want to start introducing plays where both of them are in the game at the same time. You know. These defenses have moved to put us in checkmate. We saw what the running quarterback has done to defenses. It took him a decade to kind of catch back up. But I th- I think offenses could get a lot more fun. You just need players who you trust to catch and then make a smart play with the ball. And the way to do that, I think, is to get multiple quarterbacks on the field. It's an out-there idea, um, but I salute you for it. Um, and I, I don't think... Brian's crusty friends in the NFL would would try it. No, I, they wouldn't. They absolutely wouldn't. I I think that you have to look. My goal, if I was the, my goal, if I was the, uh, the Bears, is to get the Commanders twenty twenty five first round pick. That would be my goal. Move down one spot. Let them flop. If Washington wants that quarterback that bad, you know, you and the the fear is that somebody's going to trade with the Bears to go get that guy. I'm trying I'm trying to get Washington interested because I want I just want to move down one spot, but I want their next year's one because I have a feeling that's going to put me right back up there like Carolina did. And so if I keep moving back and keep moving the pick back, I'm taking a wide receiver, I'm looking for tackle help too. I might even with if I, if I had to stand there and pick I might even draft a receiver at one and another one at ten, just to make sure that I got weapons for my for fields. If so, so your plan is to build around fields. My plan would be my plan would be to build around fields because yes. you've studied these quarterbacks already. You've yes. studied Caleb Williams. It, you've studied Drake yes. May. Those are the the sort of the consensus top two I, quarterbacks, and I, you would rather the Bears I, build I'm, around I'm, fields. I'm telling you what the Bears are going to do. I, I I think this is what the Bears are going to do. I think the Bears are. I, I don't think the Bears want to draft a quarterback. I really don't. I think they want to trade the pick. I think they want to keep moving that thing back and add pieces around the quarterback. Me personally, yeah, I would draft. I would draft Caleb Williams myself. I love oh, okay. the. I love the idea of just stockpiling good players on my on both lines of scrimmage, though. And yeah. like maybe we can get so good that we do make the playoffs next year they with can, Fields. Maybe we get so good that we can bring in a guy like Flacco and and have yeah. it be a winning situation. Like if teams want to overpay, like if I yeah. can get Washington's pick next year yeah. for moving back one spot, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. See, uh, Washington but, doesn't want to go into this thing with the the. Washington's got to be terrified that somebody's coming to get one. Yeah. That's the fear. Because Caleb Williams is a legitimate number one overall player. Yeah. Now, well, people be throwing darts at him because they'll say, well, what about the personality? What about the off-field? What about this? What about that? He cried with his mama. They're going to throw a lot of darts at this guy. Sure. But, but 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 in a way, you know, you're like, okay, the Bears, the Bears' whole idea of this thing is to try and get just keep getting picks. Now, if they want to get a quarterback a little bit, they could keep moving down the draft if they want to get another quarterback. But to me, at pick one, pick ten, just keep moving that one back and keep picking up picks. Washington has to be terrified that the Bears are going to tr- get, get trade that pick, and so they need to go make that get that pick themselves. And I do think the Bears need to be terrified that they make a horrible decision here. So I would talk to all my scouts. How convinced How are we that we need Caleb Williams? Because yeah. if you're if if my entire scouting department is like this guy is the next Rodgers or Mahomes or whoever, yeah. we're taking the player. I'm just looking at it from a a probability standpoint. 
there's only two of those players in the entire NFL. We've yeah. been picking players, quarterbacks, like three or four in the first round, and these guys are they in the have NFL especially. now. Yeah. They've picked they picked Trubisky. I'm just talking about the Bears. Yeah. They've picked Trubisky, and they've picked Fields now. I mean, they've tried. And to get, Orton and Grossman, and it's an organization that sucks at finding a quarterback. There you go. Yeah, there I you would go. I, I would not trust that my scouts are so sold on a guy if I'm the Chicago Bears, but if – you know, if I'm making calls to all my friends around the league and we're starting to get Mahomes vibes off of Caleb Williams, yeah. you 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 have to be willing to take that guy. But you have to feel like he's special, not just, well, we're at the top of the draft, so we owe it to ourselves to take a quarterback and see if it's our, our lucky year. Yeah, I'm trying. But I'm, I'm trying to get Washington's l- one. Look at look at what the Eagles and the Niners are doing, getting to the Super Bowl with guys like Garoppolo and Foles, and McVay takes Stafford and Goff, you know? We also have to look at it like, dude, maybe we just build a great team and there's enough quarterbacks out there that we can find one sufficient enough to take us to the promised land if we're doing things right. Man, the Bears can actually, they can fix their team quick with picks one and ten. They really can. I mean, they could really. Yeah, they're getting close already. And they keep keep picking high in all the other rounds. Yeah, they can get them a receiver. They can tackle. They get two offensive linemen. There's a lot of things that they can do. Very, very flexible. Yeah, and what's what's Fields doing here? He's completing 61% of his balls, 16 touchdowns, and nine picks in year two. Yeah. And we're running for, you know, 50, 60 yards a game, sometimes quite a bit more. I think that's enough. I, I think I think that's, like, much more of a, a modern, sustainable template. You got Mahomes right now, and you got Burrow that you're like, hey, these guys, if they don't have a good offensive line or their defense is shaky, something shaky about your team – you could still easily find yourself in the conference title game. After that, yeah. are there any other dudes? So what, why man. are we bending over backwards trying to leverage our future to find the next guy when multiple teams are getting there with average quarterbacks? Yeah, the thing the thing that would worry me about Burrow, he's starting to get hurt a lot. Yeah. yeah. Way too much. Well, yeah. and I, I think to, to that, Dawson, is one of those things that maybe the guy you should be looking for is the man with the headset on the sidelines. Yeah. You're talking about teams that, okay, Kyle Shanahan, he is a legit coach. Like, you have Matt Eberflus right now. You could give him a great roster, and I don't know that he'd probably be able to do much with it. Like, maybe average quarterbacks are being taken further, but I think they're being taken by the great roster, but also but you're not seeing the average coach necessarily. Yeah. You're seeing a badass coach. Luke, so maybe that's yeah. maybe you go all in on trying to find that guy and then build the roster, and then with the way the quarterback market is and moving pieces all over the place, you can get a sufficient enough quarterback if you've got the bona fide beast head coach and a solid roster. That Luke gets Luke Getzky, I think is Getzky or something like that. Getzy. Getzy, how you say his name there. He's doing, he's doing that program no favors on the offense. Eberflus had they fired their defensive coordinator. Eberflus is calling the defenses. They're playing better, you know. He, he needs to focus on that and figure out that offense. But man, he he's got to he's got to move on from that guy. They're just not good enough on offense. We have a lot of moving parts here with the Cowboys uh, and the roster. A very full practice report as well as uh, another running back coming in. Is it Dalvin Cook or somebody else? We'll get that and more. Hit the Expressway. La Live's coming up at five forty here in the Nation. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. It's time to hit the expressway. We'll retake you commercial free to the top. The expressway brought to you by QCKinetics.com, non-surgical regeneration treatment care. I, uh, well, my dad and I dominated 
the uh, the Christmas uh, turkey. We went to we went with a, a a turkey for Christmas. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you the revelation that I made after enjoying what I think might have been the best turkey ever. Okay, and we'll get to that here before we get to LA Live coming up in about 15 minutes or so. I know it's I know you know we're not gonna do another turkey in, for uh, like 11 months or whatever, but this is probably stuff you want to make note of. You know, maybe break break out the smartphone here. I'll I'll try to remember to get that to you here before we get to LA Live. We got a Cowboys injury report. Right. So it's just a technique then, right? A technique that you're yeah. thinking about? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, 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 right. it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, uh, I believe, life-changing or maybe just Thanksgiving-changing for a, a number of uh, people in our audience. Now, the Cowboys practice report getting a lot of uh, attention here in the news. Dorrance and Cooks and Rico Limited, Gilmore and Hankins Limited. Um, but uh, that's, Hooker, kind of a, that's a Wednesday staple for these guys. Their, okay. their Wednesday report usually looks pretty heavy. You got Martin and both Smiths yeah, and yeah. Wanye Thomas. How are we doing with the Smiths? Do you think it's legitimate that Tyler Smith could play? I uh, That is one I have a message out. Okay. So let me, maybe by the time we get done with all our yeah. talking and stuff like that, I'll have an update on that. How about that? I mean, that's one way I, I could see against the against the Washington front. Their secondary isn't very good, but I, I, I think they still have a pretty good front. That's, that's a way I think if your offensive line just – can't get anything going in the run game, which is almost a guarantee. And if it also can't protect Dak, then I think maybe you struggle to get to 20 points in a, in a weird play one way or another could take this dream late season first place in the division and turn it into a nightmare. But I, I do not believe that is going to happen. I think, the, I think the Cowboys are heading back to the NFC title game, to be honest with you. Now, we have other news, though. Uh, the players the Cowboys are signing to their practice squad, I teased Cowboys add running back to not Delvin Cook. It's uh, Sir Roderick Thompson. Yeah, Sir Roderick Thompson's been added. Wide receiver Racy McMath, mm. which is a great name. And then the linebacker Damian Wilson, the offensive tackle Lyle Collins. So it's actually four dudes. Dalvin Cook is going on waivers. And he's on waivers right now. Yeah. So he's, he's on the 24-hour waivers. They've got till 3 o'clock Central to make a claim or not. Okay. That's it. So they have till 3 o'clock tomorrow. But mm. he is on waivers. For, and Dallas, with their claiming spot, with their record, is near the bottom of the claiming spot. It's the team with the worst record goes first, and then it goes down by record from there. So, Sir Roderick Thompson is in. Could Dalvin Cook also be in? I don't know. You know, he, uh, Sir Roderick, though, uh, a Texas Tech guy, though, so I know a number of fans out there in the audience are hoping that he he does well. I, I'm, I'm hinging my hopes right now on Rico Dowdle. Yeah. As Deuce Vaughn goes on IR, that is your next storyline here in the Expressway. They did activate the Edge Fajoko, who was a full participant in today's practice. But if this ends Deuce Vaughn's year, 23 carries for 40 yards, 7 catches for 40 yards. Um, so maybe not the the rookie year that uh, that he would have hoped for. Um, but it was it's it's a it's still a fun story, and you and you hope year two can be be a little bit more explosive. I've thought a lot about the off season conversations where Broadus asked us like, give us give me one word on uh, describing Deuce Vaughn's upcoming rookie season. Yeah, and I believe the word I used was impactful. <laughs> Ooh, yes. It's, it's I literally have stayed awake at night throughout the course of this season, remembering how god awful of a take that was. God, that was terrible. It's uh, it's amazing that you're willing to laugh at yourself nah, so much. You do this long enough, you'll have. Yeah, to, I, yeah you know. that's oh. the thing. I haven't been doing it that long. No, <laughs> no. I'm just saying, though. I mean, you'll have you have to add them up. Yeah. You know, along the way, like when you well, get I'm coming, my, I'm coming for my you. age. You're coming my for age, you it goes like, yeah, I remember one time when I first started in radio in Dallas. Uh, you know, I, I had this opinion about a running back. I called him impactful. He didn't play. <laughs> that yeah. running back was Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> and then everybody laughs. Yeah. It's like, and then, like, and then everybody's Googling who Deuce Vaughn is because <laughs> yeah. nobody knows. Who he was 5'5 five, five and ran a 4'6'40. Yeah. I thought he was going to have a big impact. <laughs> Boy, that preseason did look good, though, from Deuce Vaughn. Oh, and, man. You know, I, 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 think, I think it's possible that, you know, he has a good year, but it's, it's, it's rare that someone looks, you know, as unimpactful as, as him, and, and especially at a position like running back. It's hard so, when uh, you're short and. And you're in a situation. He was an all-American college player, but he didn't have to play special teams. He was a star of his team. You know, you play in the NFL, you now have to play other positions. It's not like they have 90 players to play with. They've got, you know, 48. So if they bring you to the game, you have to be able to contribute likely on special teams if you're not the starter. It's just amazing how big the gap is from, like, bench player to starter. Huge. 
You know, he's out there in the preseason. Guys are like whiffing at air trying to grab him. He's like, see you later. I'm freaking Barry Sanders out here. You get him on the field against NFL players, and it's like two yards per attempt. I didn't think there was anybody on a roster that couldn't run for more yards per attempt than what dudes. 23 attempts for 40 yards. There were there were a lot of times. I'll tell you what was unfortunate. He had that screen he caught the other day. Zach Martin kind of pins his guy to the inside, and then Deuce goes inside, and he didn't read the block particularly well. But that's probably not playing all year. You know, all of a sudden you get a little rusty with your reads, you get a little impatient, and instead of staying outside and going up the sidelines and getting more yards, he trapped it. He got caught inside, and you know, ended up they, they had a nice game, but. It could have got a lot more out of it. Okay, the the text lighten up a little bit on Sir Roderick Thompson. He he also is a is a local DFW guy. Went to Ranch View and Valley Ranch uh, huh. before starring at uh, at Texas Tech. So yes, he is on the on the Cowboys uh, practice squad. Okay, some Cowboys quotes here coming out of practice before I get you the uh, the turkey news that you need for next Thanksgiving or Christmas. Maybe you're gonna do, maybe you're gonna do a bird for Easter or something. I don't know. Maybe you do birds on the regular. If you do, you probably already know this, but you you only get a few chances at, at, at perfecting your craft over the course of the year. I, I felt like this year was uh, was a major uh, revelation uh, for me. Micah Parsons says he's uh, usually sitting on the bench getting extra rest when Cowboys kicker Brandon Aubrey is kicking the field goals. For a guy who doesn't miss, I have the utmost confidence in him, hmm. but I don't want to jinx him at the same time. Just kind of let him chill out and let him be in his groove. Is this going to be the best kicker in the NFL? I mean, we haven't talked much about Brandon Aubrey since... Right before the season started, we uh, gave horrible opinions about how much we don't trust him. I believe. Um, I know one thing. We were at we were in Oxnard, and I was doing shows in the morning with uh, Cowboys Break on DallasCowboys.com, and him and that Viscaino were, they were horrible. They were they like sixty five percent from we, forty out. Our desk was our desk was about fifteen feet right of the upright on one, and there was a practice where they were warming up and. the like every ball was hitting, like if they were making them, they were they the ball would have never got close. Instead, we were def- yeah. we were fighting off these these footballs flying into the set that they were they were missing. I'll tell you, what was amazing was once Viscaino got let go, Aubrey went on a, a a run where he never missed. Yeah, it was like the competition. Once the Cowboys determined that he was the guy. Or he was going to be the guy. Got the vote of confidence. He got the vote of confidence. He started making every kick. It's unbelievable how good the guy is. Yeah. And especially because outside of him and Dan Bailey, this has been a pathetic team at finding kickers for 15 years. I mean, the David Beeler thing, how Nick Folk ended was just weird. Then you go after Bailey to Zerline, and you double down a second year with Zerline that it was even worse than the first one. Then you go back to Brett Maher, who gets the yips, and you stand by him going into the playoffs. You survive him missing four PATs, and then you're like, I know, let's get a soccer player who failed at the MLS and then failed at at the USL, which is the minor leagues to the MLS, couldn't even do that. So you pull him out of the USFL, and I think he might be on his way to being the, the greatest kicker in NFL history this run he's on right now. I'll tell you, it's crazy, but he didn't miss uh, many kicks in the USFL. You know, they they with Birmingham there, but the way he was playing, man. I mean, he was, he was he was pretty pretty good pretty good at his gig. Would Parsons stand up if Aubrey was going to kick to win the Super Bowl? Nope. I'll be praying, bro. <laughs> you can never jinx it. I might stand up, and the weight of the earth might tip. <laughs> I just need to let him be. <laughs> I think Mike is good. He's yeah, good with media. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Aubrey now 35 straight. Ooh. Do you guys know what the record is? For the Cowboys or for the league? Just for the NFL in a is season. Is it Gary Anderson 38? Gary Anderson 1998 with the Vikings was tied with 35. One okay. person had more. Any Morton Anderson? No. What, Grammatica. Ni- ni- 1998? Uh, Gary Anderson was 1998, but, but he had 35. There's somebody who, oh, after him, ended Justin, up. Justin, what's his name? How about the Thomas? Tucker. Tucker, yeah. No, it's not Tucker. Crosby. Vanderjat. Oh, with the, Colts. the idiot kicker. The idiot, he was. Idiot, he was on fire the, there for a while. The drunk idiot kicker, right? Yeah. 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 And that's what Peyton Manning I mean, called him. Back then, they wouldn't let you kick from past 48 yards most of the time. Okay, but. I'm so glad you said that because this is the interesting point from Gelkin. So, Vanderjat, he's got the record 37 straight. He had one attempt that year from 50 or more yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you Gary, three of those a game now. Gary Anderson, who is tied with Brandon Aubrey, 35 straight field goals made. 
with the Vikings in 1998. That year, he had two of his field goals that were 50 or more yards. Brandon Aubrey already has got nine. Wow. Did you did you know how Gary Anderson's streak came to an end? Did he get hurt? No. Did a shoe come flying off? No. Worse. Worse. Stub, stubbing worse of the toe? Than worse, 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 worse you could ever imagine for a kicker making that many in a row. I can't. I don't think I. Or it was like a game game losing situation. NFC yeah. Championship game winning field goal. He missed. As Chip major shot favorites. It was. It was, it was it the was, Falcons, right? It, it was Falcons. Yeah. the Vikings. One of the best teams to never win or, or even yeah. go to a Super Bowl. Fifteen and one. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! They, like his only, I need to see how far away that field goal was. His only miss that year was the the game winner for the NFC Championship. Okay, uh, let me get a couple of other things in here before we get to uh, L.A. Live in about uh, five hey, minutes now. When did Marriott start pronouncing her name Marriott? Marriott this year. When? Why? Yeah. Give me a- uh, that's the family's name. Yeah. Mar- Marriott? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's Marriott. It's we, we, Marriott. Yeah, we and in some places you can hear it, Marriott, and then, yeah, they, they push like a campaign to make you say Marriott now. I've noticed that when we get a lot of our commercials and stuff, a lot of Marriott involved. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know it was called Marriott. We had it wrong for decades. Yeah. Wow. They just, they just let it go. I, I, I appreciate yeah. staying at the Marriott. They said enough. Yeah. We will pronounce what? it correctly. Marriott. Marriott. Pretty good stock, too. I'm not giving you any advice or anything. Oh, uh-huh. I could, Yeah, they've got good properties. Uh, I'm telling you, bro. Good properties. Okay, uh, running back Tony Pollard, I thought I'd probably have a better year than I am right now, but uh, where we are as far as the playoffs and rankings, I can't complain. Everything is in front of us. He said it's been okay. I, I hold myself to a higher standard. I try to be my hardest cri- critique and my hardest judge before anybody else can. Mm. I'm always hard on myself. Mm. Uh, why not more big plays? I'm not sure, but the season isn't over. We've got a lot of games left to play. We'll see. I think he's he's just running tentative. On his health, he says, I'm great. Ankle feels good. There's no nagging problems. Yeah. But the, the injury got Michael Gallup, and I believe the injury got Tony Pollard as well. They're still young enough. They're still athletic enough to be the same players. They just they don't They don't play the same. Uh, post-injury. Blocking's so been rough, too, man. I'd look for a, a sports psychologist to get involved. I do think it's a, uh, it's a, it was a 39-yard 30, field oh, goal there. Gosh. For Riddle. For Gary. Mm. PAT the, these days. With the championship on the line. That is absolutely heartbreaking. And I did see, when you when you talk about the rushing attack and Tony Pollard and stuff, the uh, from, from the game versus the Lions the other night, 46 of Tony Pollard's 49 rushing yards came after contact. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 46 of his 49 yards. It was here, Tony. Here's the football. Yeah, you're going to have at least one guy yeah. grabbing you, mm-hmm. trying to tackle you, and you're going to have to go do something with okay, it. Okay. I, and I, I appreciate that stat. I think it, you know, it serves to vindicate him a little bit. But why is he getting contacted so early? I, I think you watch Tony Pollard, and the, the burst when I get the ball isn't yeah. there. Tony Pollard used to be gone. Mm. Now, Tony Pollard gets the ball. There's the tackler. It's like, oh, no, you're going to tackle me. There's there's not the, boom, I'm gone. There's not the suddenness. The un- and I, I know, Brian, you watch the tape. You can tell me how bad the Cowboys are blocking. Yeah, they are. Um, I, I, will, I'll, I'll, I, will, I will say that. I sure. mean, I, and, you know, to me, in... They blocked horrible last year, they, they, and Zeke got four yards per attempt. Tony Pollard was over five. I don't think they're doing anything to help this guy, and I'm, I'm including the tight ends on this one too. I think some things scheme-wise, they're trying to scheme runs. But when you watch him play, he's not the same runner. There's been times it's where— It's possible that running backs make bad offensive lines look decent. Yeah. He's not doing that. Yeah. I, I but last year he he was a little bit. They they they're it's clear they need to do something different. I'm not disagreeing with that. I I don't think you could put it all on him. Oh, for sure. No, that, it's, that's that's to yeah. me because when you're talking about like yards after contact, like he's getting like at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage is where he's getting contact. So to me that that, that there's just that that's a, that's a sign to me that he's not. He's not able to even get to the hole. What you're talking about, if if there is a hole, you know. So I I, I I'm like I'm not going to put it all on him, but I think they're I think they clearly are not as good run blocking as a unit as they need to be. And that and that I'm going forward with this. I'm going to say this right now. Your playoff run is going to hinge on Dak Prescott, Ceedee Lamb, and Micah Parsons. That's what's going to your 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 season's going to hinge on right there. I like their chances until they got to go to San Francisco with those three. Okay, Mavs and Blazers tonight. Uh, 
uh, stars off tonight, but we got an update today on Jake Ottinger's. His, the, the lower body timetable has been upgraded from week to week to day to day. There we go. Uh, said uh, hey, Coach. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, hey, you know, I could say Wedgwood's done an incredible job. He's played a lot of games in a row now just because they've had to have him. They just don't really have any options behind him, but it, that, that's, that's good news if he's day to day. Okay, so with the turkey, um, you know, the spatchcocking revolution started maybe seven, eight years ago where everybody's taking out the spine, they're smashing it down so yeah. everything cooks evenly. I think that's a trap um, because you, you want the thighs and the, and the big legs closer. You want the breast topside chilling up there farther away from the heat, farther away from the fire. So the, the dark meat is going to cook quicker, which it should, mm. leaving the breast to sit there. Now, if you Google this, you will make a horrible, horrible decision uh, because you'll find the USDA advice is to pull that bird at 165. Right. But if you scroll down, like, what is the internal temp for turkey? Uh, the, the first five or six results are all going to say 165 degrees. If you do that, you have very little chance of your white meat being uh, tender. Yep. Uh, you got you're going to pull it between 150 and 155. I would now, say pull it at 150 and then it's going to cook to 155 is yes, what I would say. Yes. Now, so I, I I googled that at what temperature does salmonella die inside of a turkey? At 165 degrees, this is why they tell you it's instant. Salmonella's in there, it's dead. 165 bam. At 150 degrees, salmonella dies in 4 minutes. Yeah. So you got to get it to 150, right. hold it for 4 minutes. And you're done. And it's going to hold for four minutes on the counter if you pull no, it. No question. You, yeah. If you tent that thing and put it on the counter, it will, the, the, like I say, the heat inside of it will go up to 155. But I've been spatchcocking for about five straight years. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the time at Thanksgiving, and then I didn't because my mom wanted the picture with the full, unbutchered oh, turkey. Right. It's a good look, man. It's and, a great yeah, presentation. It looks great. You eat with your eyes first. So I was wanting to do it again, and I said, you know what? I think that spatchcocking might actually uh, not be ideal. It's time now to go into the Pimp Cup. Here's Lucius Alexander in L.A. Live. I love your advice, bro. Yep. You're not doing your turkey right because you didn't scroll down on the instructions. Mm-hmm. you got to scroll down a little bit. you got to get, get down. The top part. Yeah, number six. Get down there. I just kind of feel like carving's easy when it's spatchcocked. Yes, there's some benefits to yeah. it. Look, brought us want to push back. What <laughs> spatchcock you'd like? He said it all nice without trying to argue. I just feel. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's a butt naked Wednesday here in LA Live. Let's get into it right after bad, the great. Dawson. I'm telling you right now that blocking's bad. Tread Go lightly. Ahead. Rick James. Pollard's a job. <laughs> all right, you squares. This game is crazy. It is. Do the fire. Does that team like. Do you go on to college from this point on? <laughs> Which game are you watching? Oh. What is this game? That we're watching on ESPN know, right is, now. Is this a high school this all-star is, game? Yeah, this is yeah. like the Under Armour All-American Bowl. And yeah. the teams, one team is fire and one team is ice. Pretty cool. And the uniforms and reflected. And they're, and they're announcing where they're going to college, Lucius, in between and plays. One, uh, yeah, one team is full of college prospects getting blued out. <laughs> Good Lord. Not in a good way. All right, I didn't want to intro like that. Let me intro like this. Here's Big Shaq. Shaq, let's just say that a uh, snake bit your mom right up here, right in the chest area. Would you be willing to suck the venom out to win the title? No, but I will with your wife. (laughs) It's butt naked Wednesday. Got him. Yeah, he got him. L.A. Live for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. There we go. It's a butt naked Wednesday. Word to Miss Badu. I, too, was born underwater with $3 and six dimes. Uh, before we get into all the fun stuff, listen to this Lions fan that I wanted to play yesterday. His reaction when he thought Dan Campbell and the Lions won the game for them. You know, he, he really thought it was going down. I have a whole, like, a book of, of, of all these different videos of Lions fans' reaction, but I can't get the other reaction where they're disappointed. Huh. I just get him excited. So I mean, they, they, for 30 seconds, they won the game. They won the game. Listen to this man. He loves Dan Campbell. Come on, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Don't run it. Don't run it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Holy shit! Oh my god! Dan Campbell's balls are 20 pounds each! Let's go! 
<laughs> he was still right about Dan Campbell. He is right. Yeah. Yeah. still right about yeah. Dan Campbell. I think he shortchanged him on the 20 yeah, pounds, yeah, honestly. Real talk. Yeah. Assholes radio host. Yeah. Uh, question for the Tolos right here. If you have ever played organized sports, anybody out there, if you've ever played organized sports of any kind, what was your usual pregame meal? What did you eat before the games? I asked this to the Tolos that follow me on Facebook. And the number one answer was Subway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number one answer on the board was Subway, y'all. Uh, I got other answers like Jacked 3D. It's a pre-workout. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Be careful with that. I thought those were a Dorito. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. A pre-game Dorito. Okay. Yeah, it's that one that makes your face all itchy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, what was your usual pre-game meal? My man said a bowl. Yeah, some people play better. Yeah. Must be a baseball focused. player. Yeah, yeah. gotta get <laughs> baseball players for sure. Spaghetti. Spaghetti was like the number two answer on the board. We ate a lot of spaghetti. I think that's. Uh, school board or something like that. Somebody has spaghetti for us out there. That I was spaghetti. Was. I was a spaghetti team. Carb load, yeah. baby. Yep. Yeah. A lot yeah. of spaghetti. My man said he has a Red Bull and a chimichanga before the game. Ooh. Chimichanga's nice. Bro, Protein, on. carbs, fat. Come on, bro. That Red Bull and a chimichanga together? Cool. That dude was probably a badass on the field. Well, that that second quarter was on his behind. That's a kicker. <laughs> that guy's a kicker. But he had all types of stomach cramps. Yeah. Playing angry. Chicken Express, yeah, made it. Uh, let's see, a bowl of cereal and an energy drink. That milk and energy milk, drink together, milk. boy. I tell you what, the milk part of it though, because if you got hot, that milk would sour in your stomach. <sighs> that's not. That's that's. I would I would avoid milk. That's the last damn thing I would drink. Yeah, I want to avoid the restroom at all times while I'm playing the game. Yeah, yeah. I want to be good and empty and ready to fire yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. That's why we can't do fast food, pizza. <laughs> Like, I envy these people that get to eat unhealthy That's, and go this, play sports. This is amazing when yeah. I'm seeing this list. I was like, uh, I mean, Red Bull and Jimmy Chunga, bro? Steak Lamar Odom used to show up with, like, hot tamales yeah. and Mike and Ikes, and, like, he liked all the gummy candies. Yeah. And he'd just be crushing it for yeah. hours before the game, and then he'd go out there and ball. Yeah. He was like, really, really good. Rush, that sugar rush. Steak and potatoes was an old school one, too. Steak and potatoes is on the list right yeah. here. Yeah. Steak and potatoes. I mean, for me, like, in my 20s, banana and protein shake. Yeah. You know? When I was trying to be That's the weekend sensible. warrior guy. That's sensible. Yeah, something light with all the nutrients that I yeah. thought was good for me, you know? Yeah. I did eat a lot of oatmeal and uh, yes. hard-boiled eggs before games oh. at some point. Maybe a little PB&J? PB&J sandwich? PB&J is on the list, fam. Yeah. It is go. on the list. Shout out to my unk. My unk put that down. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see what else is here is on this list. Uh, Chicken Express. Did I say that already? You did. It's worth another mention, though, man. That place is freaking rocks. Yeah, 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 they do. And they have chicken gizzards when you ask them. You know, you might have to pull over and wait, but when you ask them, they're never out. They're never out. That's why I learned about gizzards was in a chicken-y in middle school. I love chicken gizzards, bro. Let me get some vibes going. All right, what else we got on this list? Chicken dance. KFC (laughs) chicken wrap and a Red Bull. A lot of Red Bull, man. A lot of, lot of Red Bull. I know that's disrespecting your stomach somehow and maybe giving you jitters and stuff like that when you can't think well. Be careful with those Red Bulls, dude. Please do. Yeah, please. It's crazy. Like, you know, you got to be 21 to buy beer. You could, like, buy a 24-pack and drink them all. You'll mm-hmm. wake up the next day. If you would buy 24 Red Bulls and drink them, yeah. you ain't, you're not around yeah, you're anymore. You're not around. They're no. very it's, dangerous. It's, it's weird how they're just so over the counter to me. They're very dangerous. Shout out to my man Brandon Page from high school, dog. He said, uh, whatever, the <laughs> whatever snack one of the girls brought me in a blunt. Okay, yeah. Wow. They would take care of Brandon Page, big Brandon Page out there. I couldn't get the ball to you like I wanted to be because you, <laughs> yeah. you went deep, bro. Yeah. I always got to Ben Kabeski and those guys right here, the tight ends. What's Ben Kabeski doing nowadays, Lucius? I don't know, man. He's a big boy, him and his brother. Yeah. Some big boys. Uh, let's see. Orange slices mid-game. Yeah. Now, that yes. is – that's a team mom staple right there. That's smart stuff? Yeah, the, the, the orange hey. slices and like a, a, a cold rag. For yeah. halftime during the heat of like those September I, games in Pee Wee. Oh gosh, I've absolutely. seen Farvin those guys. I told you doing chili dogs. They're doing uh, hydrocodone, strip pole boys, hydrocodone. All yeah. That oh wow. Yeah. My man Eric Chiafalo. He said he went to Subway, Chicken Express, or Sonic. And this, the the Sonic one was actually one of the biggest regrets ever. You guys talk about be. wanting to feel light and empty. Chicken you know? sandwich. 
I did one of these. It was a it was a scrimmage game, and I was with my buddies before the game. And so, usually, if I was at home, it would be like a like my dad would make like an egg sandwich or something. Yeah, it's like, this is how you go about it. That's how you do it. But when I was with my boys, we get reckless. We go to Sonic. I underestimate the heat of the like Chipotle Southwestern breakfast burrito. Yeah, and mid I had to punt midway through the scrimmage and just say I can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. and I just had to head to the facilities. Yep, it was a it was a terrible experience. Coach was not happy with you that day. Coach was not happy. If you've ever played organized sports, what was your usual pregame? Tolo said cheddar melt meal from McDonald's. I've never heard of that. I have never eaten cheddar melt. Cheddar melt meal from McDonald's. Wow. He said it was back in the 80s, early 80s. Whoa, whoa. What? what? That was Tacos higher. from Jack in the Box. Awesome. Pizzas and pickles. Pickles. Oh, the pickles yeah, keep the pickle juice, The pickle juice with the cramps, yeah. Yeah, pickle juice is good. Don't have too much, though. Yeah. It'll sneak up on you. Yep. You think it's a fart. It's good for a hangover, too. This pickle juice coming back at you. Uh, Buffalo wings and fries. Half a gallon of milk. Yeah, yeah, man. Wow. Amazing. It's crazy, dude. No way. I was looking that up earlier because I was considering a bet payoff of the gallon of milk. The body has, like, all sorts of natural defense systems against milk. (laughs) That's why it makes you vomit so quickly. Yeah. Because there, there's so much calcium and a few other things in there that if it, it piles yeah. up in your body, yeah. it's a threat to your life. Rejects it. So once you start guzzling milk, like multiple organs are sending out like, hey, this is a major, major yeah. problem. We got to get this out now. Get all that mucus and stuff in your throat. You're like, oh, you're in the, you throw it all the time. Like yeah. back in the day, if you drank a lot of milk, that was like if you actually drank poison or you like, you know, you were a kid and you got in, you, you drank some yeah. cleaner or something like that. They would immediately give you milk. Yeah. A lot of milk to make Old it throw tale. up. Yeah. Uh, Griff's giant double cheeseburger combo before the game, bro. Come on, oh my God. God. Golden Corral, McChickens. Yeah, I had a McChicken today. I hate having McChicken sometimes, but I'm running out of time, and I just got to stop and get something. Yeah. So I'll stop and get some chicken burgers from McDonald's. They are good. By the way, that, that cheddar melt, it was a quarter pounder topped with grilled onions, teriyaki sauce, and cheddar cheese sauce Damn. on a rye bun. <laughs> It sounds like a patty melt. It's a patty melt. I'm not. I mean, uh, the rye but bun, teriyaki sauce, and cheddar cheese sauce. It's like a nacho yeah. cheese oh, sauce. Yeah. But I was thinking with the rye, oh. the rye bun. That's crazy. Here's the wild boys right here. My man said he would have a vodka and cranberry with some steak <laughs> before the game. Does that run our test? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said he was so nervous his rookie year in Chicago. Sometimes he would go down the street to the liquor store and have a few uh, sips before the game. Just because the anxiety was tearing him up. Oh, come on, Ron Artis. In high school, we would take shots before the game. I'm reading this. Yeah. That's not me. That's a Tolo. In high school, we would take shots before our games. How do you do that? I bet the coach hated y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you guys breathing breathing so all, goofy and aggressive? Breathing all over everybody. We've been working on this all week. You guys have forgot it all? Hey, the booze can loosen you up, though, and make some magic happen in sports. It really can. It really can. That's the Red Sox. It really can. I can go out there and hoop sometime and be feeling good, bro. Yeah. And you get bold, do things you ain't supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got before we I get I like out? to play football drinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah uh, I heard as much. Uh, I remember we did that for the, uh, not football, but softball, the fan softball situation. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I thought everybody was going to be drinking and have a good time. Okay. I showed up buzzed. Yeah. I struck your out in swathball <laughs> twice. <laughs> I struck out. Richie even showed me, hey, here you go. I'm doing nice and slow to you. And I still yeah. <laughs> missed it, bro. Sit down. Like a Lucius. Bugs Bunny cartoon yeah, up there. I was buzzing on that lager. A uh, dozen cream danishes. I don't even know what a cream danish is. Oh, it's like a little pastry donut. Yeah, with yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give you a sugar rush. Yeah. Got some carbs in it. Teaspoon of honey. Uh, White Castle. White Castle. That gets you going. And the last one right here. Big old wad of Red Man Golden Blend. Ooh, yes. America's finest now. They've rebranded. Okay. To get uh get all that. Compliant. Well, yeah, we had a we had a kind of a controversial package, didn't we, Red Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Were they getting paid from it? No, nope, probably think, not. Probably nope. not. No, no, no. Should have broke beat, them off. You probably would have let it hang for a little while. Whiskey, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Should have broke them off. All right, every day on the fan we do G back in the day at 2 30. If you see anything floating out there on social media, uh, you hear it on TV, you see it on another radio station, or you hear it on another radio station, I don't care. It doesn't matter where you get it. Just send it to us uh, at Lucky Lucius P, Lucius Alexander on Facebook, or you can go to Twitter, find G Bag Nation, and follow every last one of us. That'd be the best thing to do right there. Luke. Our winner is uh, Georgia coach Kirby Smart. 
<laughs> he was on the Georgia Radio Network before the Orange Bowl. He was hyped. How was the warm-up? Warm-up was good. Uh, team got a lot of energy. Um, the practices have been great. I think there's a lot of passion and love for each other on this team. So it wouldn't matter whether there was nobody in this bitch today. These kids want to play. That's all you want. We're going to shut down this bay word. Yeah. yeah. He's a wild boy. Didn't matter Kirby. we didn't make the playoffs. Kirby. I couldn't even believe that was Kirby at first. Yeah. I had to go look at the video. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. what? That's Kirby. My man been in, in Georgia for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been yeah. hanging out, bro. He's been <laughs> hanging out. I bet he can do it at A-Town Stomp. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's a butt-naked Wednesday here in the L.A. Live. You guys hear about that plane stolen in North Las Vegas Airport. Oh, no. People stole the plane, bro. They didn't, they didn't fly it around and crash it like that guy did in Washington, did they? He flew the plane, and they're thinking he probably crashed it because yeah. he, he landed it in a field. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The dude was a real maverick right here, though. Let's go to Fox 5 KVVU-TV for the report. Listen to this. This is where the plane was found, in a field just a few miles from the Barstow Airport. Police say San Bernardino deputies confronted 40-year-old Damien Zucatis, caught him after he took off in the desert. Authorities asked the plane's owner to come to California to move their property, and this is what the owner found inside. Beer cans, beer bottles, a smoked joint on the floor. <laughs> Authorities did not say where the plane was headed, but the owner says they found a binder with directions on how to land an airport in Corona. The owner says there was so much damage to the plane engine and propeller, they had to tow it. Why would someone steal a plane? North Las Vegas police say the motive is unknown and the FAA and TSA are investigating. My man stole the plane. Yeah. Got up there, got drunk, yeah. smoked a little weed. <laughs> <laughs> we were somewhere around Ballstrow on the edge. Um, Pink Floyd's did learning he, to did fly. He successfully land this plane in a field. In a field. Now they think he was going to that airport in California, and he ended up just crash landing yeah. in the field yeah. safely, kind of, and, and dipped. Yeah. So is he on the on the lamb still? Yeah. Is it large? Yeah. That's pretty cool. He's telling his well, buddies oh, right not, now. Not anymore. They know his name. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was for a second. They found this guy. That's how I seen it today. Oh. Yeah, I, I just don't know Saturday. how you would have the cojones to go try to do something like that. No, you got to have some kind of a death wish. Ow, he had a binder out there yeah. learning how to land. Wow. Whoa. Um, that's some real life Grand Theft Auto. Yes. I could see like doing that to go to a different country to escape like uh, incarceration. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but to have a plan just to take it and fly like Barstow's a three hour drive from Las Vegas. You're no. not getting away. No. Maybe, maybe fake your own death. That might be a good good plan. But it seemed like uh, he executed his plan. Yeah. And, and it's just going to get him a bunch of time in jail with no real payoff. And they and apparently they've been trying to break in a whole lot of planes around that North Las Vegas airport area. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, man. Like, you can't even get across the fence without... <laughs> and what are they doing? They're stealing planes and going to California, bro. That is so wild. That <laughs> is. That's so wild, man. I mean, I could see stealing your parents' car and driving yeah. to California yeah. if you really got to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. We were somewhere around Barstool when the drugs started <laughs> to kick in, baby. <laughs> I'm pulling out. Uh, that was a great LA Live, I guess. Yes, Look at so me congratulating that. myself. No, he did it. He did it. Uh, the best of the year. Yeah. Lord willing, the creek don't rise. That's my time. Holla. <laughs> Salute. LA Live every night about 540 here in the G-Bag Nation. I always steal the planes in GTA. You're right about that. That's yes, fun. They I didn't realize you could do that for the longest time. I was telling Carter the helicopters are so hard to drive on every video game. Yes. Every video game. Yeah, The uh, I think the, the wide ac- Y-axis inverts or yes. something like that. Yes. Okay, how accurate is this analytics-based ranking of where your Cowboys are relative to their peers in the National Football League? We'll discuss it next year in the nation. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.